Andrea, and welcome to Remember Music Videos. Each week, we'll chat about the music videos that we love from an album of one of our favorite artists. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and even some things in between. My name is Dio. My name is Crystal, and we will be your resident music video aficionados. We've done some research, so you do not have to. We'll share little tidbits, fun facts, and give you our perspective on how we think these videos not only impacted the culture, but what they mean to us personally. We're sharing our love of them and hope you love them too. And if you want to check out the music videos we're discussing this week, you can find them on our YouTube channel and Facebook. And with that being said, let's get it cracking. Hello. Hello. How are you? Pretty good, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm uh, living life and loving life. <laughs> I love that. I want you to be doing that every week. I am. I don't want you to come here on any of these occasions and not be living and loving life. I mean, you have to. It's the only one you got. Love life each day. Gotta do it right. Damn right. You gotta do it right. I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I really look forward to our times when we can chat about these uh, music videos that we grew up on and grew up with and these, and these artists and to talk about the impact that they made on uh, the culture, because that's what it's about. It's how these videos spoke to us, what they mean to us, where we were when we first saw it, perhaps or what was going on in our lives and mm -hmm. how it was perceived, you know, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. those things. That's what, that's what makes, you know, remember music videos. So, so fun for us to go down memory lane. Right, speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I am super excited about this week's artist and album and music videos. Are you? Yes. Because this was a group that um, came on the scene and were very vocal about a lot of things that young women weren't typically vocal about. Mm. We are covering TLC's 1994 release, Crazy, Sexy, Cool. Some might say sophomore album. Yeah, some might say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love TLC. They were three ladies they all had different vibes um they were cool they were sexy and a little crazy <laughs> which makes sense why they named the album crazy sexy cool yeah they also mentioned how you know that also applied to all of them because they're all multifaceted so any one of them could give you crazy, sexy, or cool. But mm. I, I know, I remember when this came out, it was definitely marketed as le uh, Left Eye was crazy, Chili was sexy, sexy, and T-Boz was cool. Mm -hmm. Even on the album, I think the way they were listed on the album, like they were really leaning into that and really, mm. really selling that to us. So tell us a little bit about TLC kind of fun diving into um tlc again because it had been a minute and uh I, there are a bunch of there was a bunch of stuff that i completely forgot about Fills in. i didn't realize that uh there was a girl group that was uh called second nature and that was started by a young woman by the name of crystal jones she was wanting to put a group together so she kind of had auditions and that's when Tian Watkins and Lisa Lopez answered that call. Later on, they caught the eye of Perry Reed, AKA Pebbles, AKA Antonio LA Reed's wife at the time. She had a management company and she wanted to sign them. So she did. Pebbles changed the name of the group to TLC which was an acronym for all the group members. So you had Tion for T, Lisa for L, and then Crystal for C. So later on, Pebbles, she arranged for them to audition for her husband, L.A. Reed, and Kimmy Babyface Edmonds. 
here's where things get a little bit foggy. There's different recollections, but one story is that L.A. Reid thought Crystal Jones should be replaced. Hmm. According to Crystal Jones, Pebbles didn't want to give her an opportunity to review the contract before she signed it, so then kicked her out after that. And then Tion basically says that they asked her to leave before they even got to the contract part of the process. Either way, Crystal Jones was kicked out of her own group, Mm. which, um, wow, like, wow, like, yikes. (laughs) Um, And I guess, you know, in the 90s, can you just imagine you start this group, you put these two, you put everybody together, and then they're like, scram, kid, get out of here. Like, (laughs) I can't even imagine. That's not like a news story that happens all the time, I'm sure, unfortunately, but um. That is what it is. Wow. Um, so after Crystal Jones left, they had a slot to fill. Um, enter Rosanda Thomas, who was one of Damien Dame's part-time backup dancers. Do you remember Damien Dame? No. What song was that? Full disclosure, I remember the name of the group. Actually, <laughs> full, full disclosure, when I read Damien Dane, I was like, Dana Dane? And then I was like, no, that says Damien Dane. Because do you remember Dane, do you, Dana Dane, the, the rapper from the 80s? No, I don't know, you don't know any, any of these. I'm far too young. I'm far too young. <laughs> Rude. Anyway, Dana Dane was a rapper back in the 80s. Um, I feel like he had a, a, a song called Nightmares of the Night. Um, and other, other things. Like, I feel like he hung out with... Um, with with Dougie Fresh and uh, and Slick Rick. Okay, got it. Anyway, so Rosanda was a backup dancer for Damian Dane, which was an R and B group from the nineties. Remember the name? Definitely don't remember hearing any of of the songs. They were a duo. They were a duo. Yes, they had a couple of videos. I I hmm. just didn't have any. Any recollection. But anyway, so when Rosanda became a part of the group, that's when we had Tion, which was now going to be, her alias was going to be T-Boz. Lisa was going to become Left Eye and Rosanda was going to become Chili. So that's what we got the, uh, that's where we got our, our TLC. I remember um, seeing an interview when they were coming out and they were explaining their names. And I remember thinking, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, bullshit. Mm. <laughs> you know I mean? Especially when Chili was like, I'm like, you know, hot like Chili. And I was like, Mm-mm. nope. <laughs> Don't believe you. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, what is a C name? What's it? Uh, Carol, um, <laughs> Cynthia, oh, um, Cindy, hmm, Cindy. <laughs> so TLC recorded their debut album, Ooh, on the TLC tip in 1991. Yes. And this gave us hits like Ain't You Proud to Beg, Baby, 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 and What About Your Friends? Love them all. Love them all. And we will get to that album eventually. Yes. So after that, they went on a tour to promote that. And then at some point, they're realizing that they're not making much money. So they want to get out of their contract with Pebbles. Pebbles released them from their management deal. But the kicker was they were still attached to the production and publishing deals that she had with them. So she was still going to continue to make money, even though she wasn't, quote unquote, managing them. The worst. Yeah. Soon after that, Left Eye started dating NFL Atlanta Falcon player Andre Rising. They had a pretty toxic and volatile relationship. And then during a fit of anger, she burned shoes in the bathtub and wound up accidentally burning their house down. Um, do you remember seeing video coverage of that? I'm not, yeah, like news coverage, I mean. Yep. And I remember uh, the behind the music where uh, T-Bot goes, Lisa Dunn burned the house down. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Crazy. Like it bur- like it burned down. Like, wow. That was a big house too. So I bring that up to say that We are against arson. <laughs> we do not condone arson under any circumstances. Um Oh, is that considered arson? Well, I don't think so. 
I mean, she would, those were the charges. It was, it was an accident. She didn't purposely set out to burn the house down. Right. So, um, you got to get those tubs that are not flammable. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So she, um, she got probation and then she had to go to a sort of diversion center. Uh, and she was there for most, if not all of the recording of their second album, which is the album we're covering today, she was allowed to leave the Diversion Center to record a few tracks on this album. That album peaked at number three on the Billboard 200 and it stayed on the charts for two years. Wow. That is a long time. Two years? Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's 104 weeks. Wow. Wow. It's 24 months. Crazy. It was certified 12 times platinum, which made TLC the first girl group in history to be awarded diamond status. Nice. It has since sold over 15 million copies worldwide. And they are the highest selling R&B female group after the Supremes. And after the Spice Girls, they are the highest selling group of all time. Wow. Which is pretty friggin' amazing. Great feat. Yeah. And um, we are actually about to be uh, at the 30th year anniversary of this friggin' album. Wait, so this album came out when I was born? (laughs) If you'd like to believe that, (laughs) if you'd like to believe that, that's on you. (laughs) What? You you calling me a creep? You're my favorite creep. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Creep was the first single from the Crazy Sexy Cool album from TLC. It uses a sample from Slick Rick's 1988 song, Hey Young World. Do you remember that song? I don't. <laughs> That's okay. Give Listen, give it a listen. Put it on the playlist for, uh, you know, what you should be listening to. I will. I will. Yeah, it's a classic. Wow, I'm getting schooled. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Uh, <laughs> so Dallas Austin wrote and produced this song, and he was writing from the female perspective. This song is based on an experience that T-Boz had with infidelity. So Dallas Austin, who was writing the track, had to um, write the track from a female perspective, which is something that he didn't usually do because he usually writes from a male perspective. So um, challenge. And actually, Left Eye didn't want to record this song. Really? She was... Big time against this song. Yeah. She didn't want to send that message. Um, she was against cheating. Mm. In some interview, she said, quote, if a girl's going to find her man cheating, instead of telling her to cheat back, why don't we tell her to just leave? Mm. To which I am saying, fair play. Yes. It's very, it, the, it's kind of toxic, This uh, the message of the song. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. But but again, R&B love. R&B love. R&B love, yeah. The dark halls of, a, of R&B love. But listen, you're writing songs, you want something catchy. Yep. I, I mean, and I guess like you could potentially, I put in some, some fake lyrics in here. Um, oh yeah? Let's hear them. If he cheats, yeah, what you sticking around for? Go pack your bags and walk out the door. Oh, that kind of works. But definitely not as catchy as So I Creep. <laughs> well, luckily a man wrote this song. Exactly. That was, a, that was a bit of a saving grace, right? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting though that, you know, that Left Eye was really against it and she got outvoted. But as kind of her way to um, get her thoughts into it, there was a, um, you know, there were a bunch of remixes. And then on one of them, she had a rap verse 
that she basically kind of spoke about what the potential consequences are of said creeping. One of the lyrics was, creeping is the number one item on the chart, ripping families apart, the leading cause of a broken heart. Injuries can be fatal, may infect the prenatal. HIV is often sleeping in a creeping cradle. Mm. So this song became the group's first number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Um, It was nominated for the best R&B song at the Grammys. And it actually won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Performance by Duo Group with Vocals in 1996. In terms of the video, there were three videos created for this song. All right. There was footage captured for the first one. It's footage of T-Boss singing. There's scenes with some dancers. The dancers have shirts that actually say creep on it, which I think is hilarious Mm -hmm. and a black cat a black cat makes an appearance there's a second video that lionel martin did again this black cat makes a cameo Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more narrative driven with uh t-boz climbing out of a window to quote unquote creep chili at a diner stepping out on her date but left eyes on the phone she's not really cheating i'm assuming she's talking to her man on the telephone (laughs) after they recorded that they still didn't feel that video um and it was then that they got in touch with matthew ralston who we have seen many times on this uh podcast at this point they really liked the work that he did with salt and pepper and his version is the iconic version that we know and love today yeah, no, and I'm glad they didn't do that um, that previous one um, because they had like like torn up T-shirts and like it just felt like an extension of the first album. Oh yeah, uh, but this music video is like I wrote Victoria's Secret, eat your heart out. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we start with Chili in black and white. But the only thing that's in color is her skin. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing silk pajamas with a silk robe over it. But her shirt is open, revealing her amazing abs. T-Boz is in the same outfit, but in an electric blue and left eye is in red. Cut to the dance rehearsal where left eye is trying to rally the dancers to do the dance moves. But everyone seems confused. So left eye counts it down or counts it up. Five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, we see T-Boz singing in an old-timey mic with Omar, who is one of your favorite Janet Jackson dancers. Oh, yeah. Oh, gross. Well, Omar, if you're listening, we just want to talk to you just for a little bit. <laughs> Our listener, please, if you know Omar, I just want to talk to him about the experiences that he, with the 90s and what, <laughs> what impact the videos had on his life. Okay? All right, relax. <laughs> <laughs> So um, so we see Omar, and he's trying to play the trumpet, but he's so distracted by T-Boz and what she's saying. Um, he's wearing an oversized corduroy jacket with no shirts, revealing his amazing body. So he's wearing overalls with none of the straps buttoned. I like that he's acting like he's playing the trumpet, but he's not. They, they never are. <laughs> but he's so hot, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like he's playing the 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 note. He's at least pressing the button. Right, the button. Yes. The the that's not a button. Sure, he's pressing the thingy. <laughs> right. Uh. So I I'm, I could almost buy it. I could almost buy it. Yeah, it wasn't doing such a bad job like um, you know Total was doing with strumming uh, the guitar. <laughs> yes, yes, one hundred percent. So the refrain kicks in again. And we reveal that Chili's pajamas are hot pink. The team gets it together back at the rehearsal because uh, we see the iconic choreography that we still envision when we hear the song today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. The pajama scenes are sexy, but also fun. We also see the fun in rehearsal with Chili and Left Eye trying to break dance and flip and do hand walks. Mm-hmm. The video ends with TLC in relaxed gear, sitting at a table, looking into camera. They pause and they bop their heads left to right to the beat as the camera follows. 
chili and left eye double it up though because they get the vibe and t-boss misses it and gets upset and then the ladies start talking to the camera we have no idea what they're saying um but uh, yeah it seems fun um but i think it's definitely a departure from their first album um you know they summoned matthew rolson mm-hmm. and um i mean yeah it's it's sophomore album. It's time for the ladies to be sexy and uh, more adult. And that, that's kind of what the vibe gives. Yeah, it was definitely much more elevated. Um, I'm glad they went with this version, like you mentioned. Um, listen, maybe the second one would have been okay, but it definitely would have not been in the conversation in a huge way today. Like iconic, mm. iconic video that was when we 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 saw them differently yeah they seemed uh like adults (laughs) yeah um but yeah like the content is like we said um not healthy there should be communication not like oh you're cheating on me guess what i'm gonna get back at you right but i guess you know i guess it was t-pause's way of coping you know what i mean and um that may not be the best way of doing things but um yeah it happens they were younger then. So I think, you know, as adults now, because they're they're grown ass women at this point. And I feel like they're grateful to have had the song Creep to be so successful. But the actual message of it, I don't think is something that they would they would necessarily condone. But it's funny how it went to number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? What does that say about our society? <laughs> Oh, it said it says a lot. It says yeah. exactly how our society is. It's kind of like I think you have categories of people that were into that song. You had the people who were like, you know, vibed to the to the beat of it and the melody, didn't really listen to the all the other lyrics, but the chorus creep. They mm. probably were like, Oh, I'm just creeping around, just just around, not thinking of what the actual subject matter was. And then you have the people who were like yeah, I'm going to do that. Fuck him. Mm. Or fuck her. Like, yes, I'm just going to creep. <laughs> or fuck them. I mean, no judgments. Like, you know, everyone's in their own journey and their own path, right? Um, you know, I wouldn't judge someone for giving someone a red light special or anything like that. Oh, interesting that you're bringing that up. Why? That is the next single on the Crazy Sexy Cool album. No way. got to number one on the U.S. Billboard Top 40 Rhythmic Crossover Charts and number two on the Billboard Hot 100. So so one definition of red light special from Urban Dictionary is hot, steamy, red carpet, go all out, trying to make a baby, (laughs) or make up not to break up, knock your socks off, hanging from the ceiling, fan sex. Huh. So what does red light special mean to you? Well, I mean, what I think of red light special, right? Like red light as in like the red light district in yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Any Amsterdam, um, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's sex, but it's kind of a, it's a little uh, seedier. It's a little, um, a little, a little racier. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it's a red light district special. It- right, because the red light in the red light district was like, you know, meaning you were down to get paid to have sex like it was like prostitution right because that's why um you know sting and the police told roxanne that she didn't have to put on her red light tonight what roxanne i know the song but i didn't realize that that's what that meant <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah and so that's why in the red light in the red light district you'd see the red lights meant, you know, hey, we're gonna be ready. Have, ready for we're it. gonna have sex. We're gonna have sex. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. I feel like I am I the sex expert in this. Apparently. In this apparently. <laughs> apparently. 
Well, this was definitely a, a, a racier, a racier song for them. They've definitely have, have grown up <laughs> a bit <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> this video is set in a brothel and male actors portray prostitutes or what we would call sex workers today. And left eye plays their madam and Chili and T-Boz portray customers that are playing strip poker. And we have a cameo from someone who I definitely want to be my baby daddy back in the day. Oh my. And that was Mr. Boris Kojo because, oh my God. Gorgeous. <laughs> Gorge. And there were three of these videos. One was labeled sexy. That was a more mainstream version. And then there was one that was labeled sexier. And then the final version was labeled sexiest. I'm sure at the time they found some things more racier than they do now because I feel like things have changed. Oh my gosh, this would be G-rated in this day and age. So like you said, the music video starts in a brothel and there's all these hot men lying around waiting for business. Luckily, Chili and T-Boz show up as willing customers, but they want to start out the festivities with a quick game of strip poker. First, there's a shot of Left Eye pimped out in her yellow suit with a black top hat with two men wearing nothing but tight spandex shorty shorts and cuffs by her. There's also a shot of T-Boz writhing on a chair with a button shirt open, revealing a white midriff top that reads, Lamar Eternal. Back to the poker game. The ladies of TLC walk to the poker table and shoo the himbos away as they want a seat at the table. T-Boz tells the camera, she'll let us touch it, and then honks the air with both hands. <laughs> precisely but only if we go down and one of the male sex workers who's dressed in a suit tries to get her red light special with his mouth but t-boss doesn't let him throughout the video this man is sucking her toes and really getting in there (laughs) cards are distributed by the resident madam left eye and everyone wagers and puts their chips in t-boss says she'll give us the red light special and all the male sex workers are lusting after her as she presses a card on her face. Boris, who I believe is wearing eyeliner, realizes he has a bad but hand. But it works. That eyeliner works. It totally works. Um, he realizes uh, he has a bad hand and slams his card on the table, so he needs to remove an article of clothing. The ladies are shouting, suggesting what he should remove, but Boris says, no, no, no. And lucky for him, he's wearing a black boa. So he stands up and seductively removes it. Chili is more than happy to collect it and put it in her shirt for safekeeping. Chili looks at one of the other sex workers and mouths the words, Okay. (laughs) After he removes his boa, Boris proceeds to dance seductively in his leopard print silk boxers. And we get a clear shot of them. Do you know the difference between a leopard print and a cheetah print? No. So a leopard print has like an O and a cheetah print has spots. Oh, the more you know. The more you know. So we see the ladies' poker faces and it appears that T-Boz was bluffing as she was disappointed. As she puts her cards down, she covers her face as she smiles and everyone gets excited. Left Eye gets up and starts slamming on the poker table and you feel the energy in the room. Defeated, T-Boz stands up with a smile on her face, and her boy toy proceeds to remove the leather jacket she's wearing to reveal a white tank top. Next game, Boris looks at the cards he was dealt, and he does not seem too confident. Left eye goes all in. Boris stands up, and Chili pulls the drawstrings of his leopard print boxers, and he seductively takes them off to partially reveal a skimpy black underwear that has some type of easy access zipper. It leads to the imagination of what the package is. Mm. Guitar solo. A blonde, long-haired man plays the guitar around Chili, and she is getting down. He proceeds to pull her pants off, and we see her wearing boxer shorts. On the next shot, he's pulling off one of the two shirts she's wearing, and it seems like her boxers are already on the floor, and there's a shadow hiding her red light special. I was wondering, is she wearing anything underneath? Mm. We don't know, but it's very sexy and tastefully done, I might say. Meanwhile, T-Boz's boy is doing something she likes because she's 
enthusiastically nodding yes and covers her face as he's licking her feet back at the poker table. Left Eye grabs the winnings, and T-Boz and Chili don't believe that she won that hand and stops her. Some words are exchanged, and it gets heated. Left Eye rolls up her sleeve, and T-Boz grabs her by the jacket. Left Eye says, get out, and Boris is trying to maintain the peace. The night's over because Left Eye pulls a Teresa Judice from Jersey Housewives and topples <laughs> over the poker table, and everyone leaves. There's also black and white solo shots of the girl singing. And I love the part of the song where there's the echo where Chili's singing. And then we hear the line. Um, it's repeated by T-Boz. And then you see Chili in the background with the red strobe light. And then you see T-Boz up close. And it kind of showcases the echo part of the song. Mm. Uh, just gorgeous video. Totally. And there's definitely an objectification going on here of men for sure. Oh, yeah. It's like role reversal, right? Exactly. I do wonder, though, I would imagine that Boris Kojo has some stories um, of being a model in this industry, especially in that era, um, while you're breaking into the acting scene, the stories he could tell, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, But he looked great in the video, as he does in everything that he does. He is just aging like fine wine. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Um, This was another elevated video for them. It definitely highlighted their maturity. Babyface, another Babyface special, and we already know how he does. Mm-hmm. You'll definitely find this on a Slow Jam playlist. Definitely be on The Quiet Storm. The funny thing is, I really love this video because it features the electric guitar. I remember growing up and people were shocked that I listened to different types of music. Um, they thought I listened to white music because I listened to rock music, and mm. I thought, it's not specifically white it's everyone's music and uh, i like when the electric guitar solo came out it was kind of like saying hey we can have a rock element into like an r&b song and and it works and it's really cool yeah absolutely and listen we all know that uh rock started in the uh, black community so there you go that's right and another fun fact about that and i'm glad you brought this up Chili wanted Slash from Guns N' Roses to have that guitar solo, but he had a previous engagement. Oh. Babyface had mentioned that they were trying to get Ernie Isley from the Isley Brothers, but he also wasn't available. But instead, they enlisted a studio musician by the name of Dwight Sills to actually do that solo. But to your point, guitars are everywhere. Yes, everywhere. All around Chili too. I kind of like that they cast the white the guy to kind of show interracial relationships and i thought that was kind of cool absolutely i mean like the video was so hot it was so hot you just want to jump into a waterfall to cool off don't you hey think? you're killing it with the segues as per usual <laughs> i'm killing something <laughs> so waterfalls was the third single from this album On the last days of Left Eye documentary, Left Eye explained that she drew inspiration from her verse after she had gone to that diversion center slash rehab slash halfway house. During one of these times where she would uh, leave the rehab center and go to the recording studio, she was admiring trees and the sky and she looked up and there was a rainbow. Another fun fact, Clive Davis, uh, who we've spoken about before, he was the head of Arista at the time, he didn't like the Waterfalls track. Really? He felt like you couldn't dance to it. (laughs) And, you know, fair enough. But uh, TLC had to actually fight for it. And they fought to um, to get that, that video made. And it was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for seven weeks. 
and it gave them their second U.S. number one. Mm-hmm. In 1996, they snagged VMAs for Best Group Video, Best R&B Video, and Viewer's Choice, and they also got the Video of the Year Award, which made them the very first Black artist to snag that award, which I thought was pretty interesting because I was shocked that Michael Jackson actually hadn't hadn't gotten an award previous to that. Yeah. But Michael and Janet Scream was actually in that category. So they actually beat out Michael Jackson and um, Janet Jackson for that. They got Grammy nominations for Record of the Year and Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal um, in 1996. And they worked with uh, F. Gary Gray. He was a director of this video. If you're not familiar with him, he directed one of my favorite movies, Set It Off, classic. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that, classic, classic. Yeah. And uh, they really wanted to work with him. And we know this is a video where where Warder plays, plays a big role in it. And it was inspired by the movie, The Abyss. Oh, makes sense. And it was shot on the soundstage at Universal Studios. So yeah, I so for this music video, I kind of went over the wiki, which is pretty accurate. Um, the accompanying music video for Waterfalls visualizes the two verses of the song, particularly during the extended instrumental breaks after each verse. An inner city teen ignores his mother's plea to quit selling drugs. Her spirit stands in front of him, silently begging him to stop but he is shot dead as he is about to make a sale on a street corner. At the end of the video, the dead teen's own spirit is futilely trying to embrace his mother as she walks down the street. But as she can no longer see him, she walks through his ghostly form each time. A woman eschews protection as she and her boyfriend have sex. Over time, looking in a mirror, he notices that his face shows early symptoms of AIDS. A small twin photo frame nearby shows her picture in the left, while a rapid montage of all her previous lovers flashes in the right. At the end, the two wordlessly sit at the edge of the bed as the man and his picture both fade away. The woman briefly sits alone until she and her picture also fades away, after which the unused condom appears in front of the now empty frame. The video also intercut scenes of liquefied versions of TLC performing to the song while standing on top of an ocean and performing in front of a waterfall. Wiki does not mention the video, how the video starts. Uh, we're flying through the clouds and heading down to earth past a poorly CGI airplane and into the ocean. Uh, from the ocean, the liquefied versions of TLC emerge and solidify and they start dancing. It appears that they're on stilts, um, as if they're standing on water. Uh, we are then propelled into the two scenarios by flying through canyons and buildings so we get to the inner city teen's home um, where we see Shaheem, the rugged child. Did you know that was him? Do you remember Shaheem? I forgot. I do. Yes, yeah. I do. I was like, he looks so familiar. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Who was his mother? His mother was uh, an actress named Ella Joyce. She used to be in a 90s sitcom called Rock. That's right. Yeah. Among other things, but yeah. She was acting, honey. <laughs> she sure enough was. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised that people gravitated to this song and video, right? Because it's like, message! You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most people don't like to be preached or, you know, schooled or, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it felt really pro-social. Put a put a hook to it, yeah. Like people did vibe to it, um, but then you have this video that is pretty cutting edge for the time, for sure. This was like about a million dollar video, yeah. Um, totally. Which can we just say for a second? Like we know they basically had to file for bankruptcy. Oh my goodness, yeah. Sure, actually, not too far after the success from this album, but um. A million dollar video? Yeah. That's ex- that's a lot of money. Um, and then the the previous video, they had to make three of those videos? Like, that's money. Yeah. Um, on top of all the other things. So it's just kind of like, wow, 
But again, for the time, this was not even just for the time, like this is an iconic video. They basically have cemented themselves into the conversation of like, what's an iconic video from the 90s. Right. And I think it's the, the choreo too, right? Like yeah. the, um, the bank had bounce that they were doing. You know what I mean? It's like iconic. Everyone knows that dance move. Oh, yeah. Chili mentioned that they were afraid that they were going to fall in the water. Her words, it was a very unstable platform that they had built for them. So they needed the water to come up over their feet to get the right effect. So they had lifeguards in scuba diving gear off to the side, just in case one of them fell in. Oh my goodness. So so they were on a platform, not on stilts. They're on a platform. Which sounds very unstable. Mm-hmm. Like, why couldn't they get a stable platform? Like, I don't know. They probably just, and, and listen, maybe it was stable, but maybe it didn't feel that as stable, perhaps. Mm. And if you're on a platform in the middle of, like, it wasn't a real ocean, it was a soundstage, but still, it's still a lot of water. Um, you're, you're trying to, there's probably some fear involved there, too. Um, like, Chili, uh, not chili. T. Boz mentioned that she couldn't swim, so you're oh. obviously not going to have a life jacket on because you're trying to give that effect. So that's got to be a little level of terrifying. I know I'd be terrified. I yeah. can't swim. Oh, um, but there is something like if I have a life jacket, that makes you feel a little bit better. But if you can't have a life jacket, uh, you know. Mm. So shout out to them for uh, for doing this, um, risking their lives for risking their lives to uh, stake a claim in um, the R&B Hall Hall of Fame. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, Yeah, like like you said, this is a song with a very pro-social message. And there wasn't a song like this that had been um, created really with that particular sound. Marquise Etheridge and organized noise were the producers of this track. They had done stuff for um, Outkast, Ludacris. So that was kind of like like that Southern hip hop, but with with a message. So to a degree, I can see Clive Davis being like, I don't know about this one. Like, what are you what are you even trying to do? But shout out to TLC for fighting for oh, it. Wow. And you know, we were able to get a song with an iconic video with a message that honestly even if it reached one person that was that was plenty because mm. that's such a powerful message that that needs to be um that needed to be heard that still needs to be heard so chili uh said in an interview um where she was asked kind of like what does that mean like don't go chasing waterfalls and she said you see a waterfall, you think it's beautiful, but if you follow it down, it crashes. So if there's anything in your life that's not good for you, it's a waterfall. So don't go, don't go chasing. Oh. Um, so basically it represents anything that's like unhealthy in your life. So don't go, don't go chasing that, which I think, you know, makes sense. Like, you know, someone might hear this song and take away from it that, oh, don't do something new. Just stick to what you know. That's not the message they were trying to get across. It's just kind of like anything that is not healthy for you, anything that is self-destructive, that's chasing a waterfall. So oh, that makes sense. Maybe it's don't go down a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't chase certain waterfalls, maybe. But don't get so caught up in something that you are just, it's just going to lead you. Don't get caught up in something that's just going to lead you down. A path of destruction. Exactly. I can dig it. Can you now? Can you? (laughs) Can you dig it? Can you dig it? (laughs) The final single was called Digging On You. Uh, that was another babyface tune. Um, it peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and uh, it did well in Australia, 
and on the UK singles chart and in uh, several European countries. This was another F. Gary Gray <laughs> um, production. And, and it was filmed at the MGM Grand Las Vegas and at Madison Square Garden during GLC's tour. The cinematographer who also worked with F. Gary Gray was Daniel Pearl, and he has made an appearance on our podcast before because he shot Missy's The Rain Super Duper Fly and Tony Braxton's How Many Ways and Janet Jackson's All For You. Yeah, so I kind of grabbed a, a little brief uh, synopsis from the wiki because it's pretty straightforward. The video begins with the group arriving at a Las Vegas concert via helicopter, which opens with fanfare and uses the song's video version. They perform in front of a loud audience with the members' appearance described by Billboard writer Brett Atwood as larger than life. I don't think... And so, yes, the music video was filmed as at MGM Grand Las Vegas and Madison Square Garden, like you said. I should mention the helicopter had a TLC on the side of it. And so, you know, you made it when you have your name on the side of a, a, of a helicopter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we see the set of the concert, which has the words crazy, sexy, cool in large letters. Pyrotechnics explode when each member appears and they all have silver baggy pants and each have tops that have strings tied to it and so t-boz has a silver string wrapped around her arm and chili has it wrapped around her stomach and i remember thinking wow her stomach must be really tight because that could be unflattering <laughs> and um it was a uh, low-key flex no pun intended <laughs> yeah and then we also see like behind the, the scenes footage um, of the concerts. Um, what are your thoughts? You know, we spoke about these performance videos um, before, and if you're not able to make it out to a tour, you see these videos and you kind of feel like you're right there. It's also a tactic because you're like, oh, I want to be one of those people, so let me go out and try to get a ticket. But I'm here for all that. We love all these, um, all these artists. I saw TLC once I think oh wow it was just one time and um it was it was a Budweiser Superfest out in um in, in Baltimore amazing years ago again this album is coming up on its 30th anniversary which is wild wow I'm like do I have that math right but yes it came out in 1994 I guess the math is mathing that's crazy but yeah, we see the ladies performing. We, we see them on the road and we get a, a version of the track that's, that's different than the album version. So that's fun too. It f feels like you're at the, at the concert. Yeah. So love that. I love how, isn't that like in concerts, they always kind of make that like, make the songs like a live version where it's like extra horns and extra drums where it's you're like yeah a little extra <laughs> i love i love that do you yep 100 percent. i love that wow i do i'm like play the original track i feel like it's within reason i don't want you to do that to every single song i'm coming to see like there's certain songs i would like to hear the way that God intended it to be heard. Okay, all right. <laughs> but then there's other songs that I'm okay if we get a little little change up. I just pretend like it's a remix. And if it's good, I'm I'm here. All right. I know there's certain artists that I've heard of who, when they're on tour, they don't do any of the original arrangements of their songs. And like, that would be frustrating to me. Like, you got to give me something. Of course. Play the hits. <laughs> Shut up and sing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, these hits bring me back to like a time, right? Where you were proud of TLC, like knowing from where they came from, from the first album and, and the fact that they were getting mainstream credibility and mainstream popularity was exciting. Cause like, I don't know, it was, uh, aspirational for, you know, people from, from the streets, from the hood. Totally. Yeah, I mean, love this album. Um, 
you know, there are some tracks that I would give it a re-listen. I'm like, oh, I don't remember this song. Or, uh, um, yeah, it's definitely worth listening to. Uh, there are some skippable tracks, I feel. Um, but um, regardless, um, the the singles were amazing. And um, maybe a little problematic, but, you know. It was a different time. Still bops. <laughs> listen, a bop's a bop. <laughs> no bop's a bop, yep. <laughs> don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> The fact that they're the one of the biggest female groups of all time is wild to me. Like in the best way, in the best way. Like, you know, because kind of who would have thunk? Um, but I think that's a testament to like who they are and who they and the talent of the yeah. you know producers that they were that they were paired with. Um, Dallas Austin, Babyface. Yeah, I would argue that he's very much able to write songs from a female perspective, and we get it. But yeah, just you know, a great example of of artists that we hold near and dear from the '90s, and who had such a great, uh, who had such a big impact on the genre. Definitely a different take on a girl group, right? Like it's not the conventional girl group that we knew, like. Because we had a, a rapper amongst, you know, yeah, the members, and um, yeah, it's a, definitely a different thing. So definitely give these music videos a watch. They had additional albums after this one. Give those a listen. Very popular tracks for sure. Yeah, they know how to make a uh, an earworm. That's for sure. Something that'll just be in your head. From the from the beginning, from the from the debut of it all, from their debut album, so good. But I think uh, that takes us to the part of the show that we call. So, what are you listening to? Uh, we have thirty seconds uh, to go over a song we're listening to this week. Um, it doesn't have to do with this week's album artist. Um, it could be a good song. It could be a bad song. It doesn't have to have a music video, but it can. Um, so, Crystal, I am going to ask you, so what are you listening to? Okay, I'm listening to two songs. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I'm listening to the uh, Catronata remix of Creep called the Creepier Edition. Oh. Love Catronata. Of course. It's a vibe, and I love it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh my God, good call. The second thing I am listening to, um, so Lisa Left by Lopez, we definitely loved her. She unfortunately passed away in a car accident in April of 2002. And uh, before she passed away, she had started a production company to mentor and sign talent. And one of those groups was a group Black. I reference this song at least once a month. Uh-oh. And it was called 808. Yes. That was one of, that's a staple of the 90s. Boom, like an 808, making circles like a figure eight. Feels good from head to toe. Like, yes. And I'm so glad I got to 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 kind of go down this memory lane. So good. Of Black, because I had forgotten mm-hmm. that Lisa Lopez was instrumental in there career and they went platinum which i completely wow like wow exactly like wow so that is what i am listening to well i guess it went platinum thanks to jc chazay he was um featured in uh a version of that song perhaps who's to say (laughs) but also like they were like mini versions of tlc it was just like uh it was a different version of TLC, and they did it well. No, they were they were they were great. They was they they got to be in the conversation for sure. And I completely forgot about them, which is crazy. Oh my god! And one of them was in the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh really? Yeah. I've never watched that show. Oh, you should. It's good. You love it. If you say so. Yeah, I'll give, I'm gonna give it a shot. Give it a shot. Um. So uh, now that we did all that. What are you listening to? Um, <laughs> well, I am listening to two songs, a little more old schooly. I'm listening to, funnily enough, Shaheem, the Wrecked Child. 
Hey. I'm listening to his debut single, On and On. Um, the video features Method Man and. Um, oh, slow. <laughs> right, used to love Method Man. <laughs> used to. Oh. Yes. No. <laughs> um, yeah, and the album did well. It rose to number seven on Billboard R&B chart, um, even though it's more hip hop than R&B. Yeah, I mean, I love that he uh, flexed his um, acting muscles on the uh, video for Waterfalls. So yeah, that's a bop. You know, he's actually the same age as I am, which is so weird. So he started uh, when he was 14 in 1994. Um, but yeah, it was, he's a good, uh, it's a good bop. You should listen to it. Mm. Um, and then also I'm listening to Donnell Jones' You Know What's Up, which features Left Eye. Yeah. And that's a cute little music video because yeah. it starts with Left Eye answering the phone and she going, like say what say what say what <laughs> yeah um and she turns out there's the video of donnell jones performing and she turns around and checks that out um, but she's not the only one um watching that music video we also see usher getting his hair braided um and then we see a big boy from outcast in that music video and but what i love about this music video is that at one point uh lisa Left Eye Lopez walks down a corridor, and um, I love any song where you, you know, there's a good yeah, a good corridor walk or a good walk. You know. <laughs> no, totally, I get you. And um, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. I love both of those choices. Yeah, I forgot about um, Shaheen and um, Donald Jones. Also, has got some uh, some good ones for sure. Yes. So that's why I'm listen. The '90s. Yeah. <sighs> The 90s, just exhale. 100%. Yes. I love the, the choices that you have. I love your choices. I can't wait to uh, take a look back at the uh, the Shaheem one. Yeah, I'm glad we got to get all nostalgic and stuff. I love it. Oh my God, this was a great episode. I love that. <laughs> well, I think that does it for this edition of Remember Music Videos. We want to thank everyone who gave us a listen. A huge thank you to TLC for giving us something to talk about. Uh, our theme music is by Audrey Harris Culver of Lady Socket. If you'd like to see the music videos we discussed today, you can find them on our YouTube channel and Facebook. And give us a follow on Instagram and TikTok at RMV Podcast. Just a reminder that all videos might not be available online or in your territory, but that might change, so keep checking. If you have any thoughts or if you have a favorite video you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at rememberMusicVideos at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, go ahead and click that like button, give us a follow, subscribe, and please feel free to give us a rating. Five stars only. But most importantly, remember music videos. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody, baby. Until next time. Bye. No animals are armed during the recording of this podcast. But it almost sounds like you're saying men should never write from the female perspective. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I. that's what I'm saying. Why can't there be a woman writer then? If you want a woman's perspective, why can't a woman write uh, There's tons of women writers who do. But in this instance, it just happened to be a, a man who had to, you know, working with his artists. He's a songwriter, so he's kind of like, oh, this is a challenge. I'm not going to write the song from the male perspective. And especially for a song like Creep. Because the male perspective would probably be a little bit different. Well, no, but I'm, the, the argument there, it's like, well, if you want a female's perspective, have a female writer. Like, patriarchy. Fine, we'll take this off like <laughs> We are arguing. <laughs> like, like, you know, let's knock down patriarchy. Like, why is this man writing about a woman's experience? Let women write about women's experiences. Give women the opportunity. To and that's why you're an ally. And I love you for it. I'm sorry I had a man explain that to you. Thank you so much <laughs> for mansplaining that to me. <laughs> <laughs>